The Hamlet Podcast, episode 130. Hello and welcome to this exploration of Shakespeare's Hamlet with me, your host, Connor Hanretty. Last time, we got a brief glimpse of how nervous Claudius is, how troubled he is as he sees the cracks appearing in the foundation of his reign. While he's confiding in Gertrude, we get the stage direction, A Noise Within. This is usually a direction for the playmakers rather than the audience. The noise is backstage, or within, while it seems to the characters, and of course to us viewers, that it's outside the door. In the folio, Gertrude responds, Alack, what noise is this? As if she didn't have enough to worry about with Hamlet on the move and now Ophelia out of her mind, she now has to contend with someone making noise and demanding attention within the palace. In the quarto, a messenger appears, and Claudius addresses him directly, saying, Attend, or listen to me. Both texts then align again, and Claudius continues, Where are my Switzers? Let them guard the door. What is the matter? Claudius is calling for his Switzers, Swiss guards. Today they are most famous as the security forces guarding the Pope in the Vatican City, a contract that the company has had since 1506. From the late 15th century, Swiss-trained guards and mercenaries were available for hire and featured in several European courts. I can't find much record of there having been any in Denmark, although apparently the gatekeepers of the royal palace in Copenhagen are today known as the Swiss. It is possible that Shakespeare uses the word Switzers as a generic term for palace guards in Europe, although there's a telling line in Thomas Nash's piece, Christ's Tears Over Jerusalem, that says that law, logic and the Switzers may be hired to fight for anybody. Why would the King of Denmark need a privately hired bodyguard? It's a telling detail that Claudius trusts the power of money more than his own right to be king. Once he's told the messenger to have them guard the door, he notices that the man has something to say. It's only after he gives his own instructions that he asks, what's the matter? The news isn't great, the messenger says. Save yourself, my lord. The ocean, overpeering of his list, eats not the flats with more impetuous haste than young Laertes in a riotous head o'erbears your officers. The rabble call him lord. And as the world were now but to begin, antiquity forgot, custom not known, the ratifiers and props of every word. They cry, choose we, Laertes shall be king. Caps, hands and tongues applaud it to the clouds. Laertes shall be king. Laertes king. This is quite a turnaround, but the messenger is rather dramatic, although the news is very worrying. First he tells the king to save himself, never a good sign, and next comes a very impressive image. The ocean, overpeering of his list, eats not the flats with more impetuous haste than young Laertes in a riotous head or bears your officers. He's saying even a flood from the sea isn't as aggressive as Laertes appears now, in a riotous head, overbearing Claudius's officers. When the ocean swells or floods and starts to peak over its boundaries, or list, it consumes the flat lands of the shore, or eats the flats. Young Laertes is at the head of a riotous group. Now, Claudius told us earlier that Hamlet was loved of the distracted multitude, but evidently the Danish public has been distracted again, and now they're on Laertes' side. Some texts will say he's moving with impetuous haste, 
a reasonable description of a young man eager to challenge the king, although there is a case to be made for the word impiteous instead, meaning pitiless. Perhaps because I was looking at Romeo and Juliet yesterday, I still have the phrase piteous overthrows in my head, and it resonates here. The people have gone from a multitude to a rabble, and they are now calling Laertes Lord. And you'll notice in the line that ends all of this, there's way too many syllables. Or bear your officers, the rabble call him Lord, as if even the language itself is overflowing. The messenger is smart enough to show Claudius that he doesn't agree with this, and he's very quick to point out what a bad thing this is. And, as the world were now but to begin, antiquity forgot, custom not known, the ratifiers and props of every word, they cry, choose we, Laertes shall be king. It's not about him, it's about them and they. It's quite intense flattery. He's saying that it's as if the world was starting over and that antiquity, or history, has been forgotten, and that they're all ignorant of custom, of how things should be done. He qualifies history and custom as the ratifiers and props of every word. Antiquity and custom are what grant legitimacy. One cannot just arrive from Paris and be crowned king. This is all very well, but it seems a little hollow to be proclaiming this to a king who's only been on the throne for a few months and only got there by murdering his own brother. The messenger concludes with a description of just how widespread the cry is going up. Caps, hands and tongues applauded to the clouds. Laertes shall be king. Laertes, king. Caps are being thrown in the air. Tongues are proclaiming it and hands applauding it all the way up to the clouds. Laertes shall be king. This is certainly unexpected. And now we get a little glimpse of how Gertrude feels about the common people. And it isn't very flattering to her. How cheerfully on the false trail they cry. Oh, this is counter, you false Danish dogs. She likens them to hunting dogs who have been distracted and are cheerfully following a false trail. This is counter, she snaps. They're going the wrong way. The metaphor concludes with her calling them false Danish dogs. Not the most queenly thing she's going to say. There's another noise within, probably a bigger one, and now Claudius notes that the doors are broke. Laertes' faction has presumably stormed the castle door as he pushes his way in through to try and speak with the king. He now enters. Depending on the resources of a production, some of his Danish supporters come in with him. Since Hamlet, the play, has a very large cast, very often Laertes enters alone and we just hear the rest of his faction murmuring outside the door. If they do make it onto the stage, it isn't for long. What follows is a brief exchange that really only works if we can see them, since otherwise Laertes is shouting out the door or into the wings. Most often in production, these lines are cut. But we don't cut anything here, so here they are. Where is this king? Sirs, stand you all without. There's a little note of disdain in saying, this king. It's a terrific contrast to how his sister Ophelia spoke when she burst in a few minutes earlier, asking, where is the beauteous majesty of Denmark? Neither of them is being sufficiently polite, one too much and the other far too little. Laertes knows that the conversation will go more smoothly if he speaks to Claudius without his mob, and so he tells them, sirs, stand you all without. 
If you ever happened to need to teach the difference between within and without, this corner of the play will do it nicely for you. We hear the noise within, but the Danes should now stand without. But they don't want to, and insist, no, let's come in. Laertes won't hear of it, and he asks them again, I pray you, give me leave. This time it works, and they agree. We will, we will. None of this is particularly complicated or needs much translation, so out they go, as Laertes thanks them and asks them to stand guard outside. I thank you. Keep the door. We now have Claudius' Switzers and Laertes' Danes outside the door, and Laertes will now presumably have a thing or two to say to the king. We will, however, save his outburst for the next episode. In the meantime, do be sure to check out the website, thehamletpodcast.com, for the text and show notes accompanying this episode, as well as all the other things on offer. If you subscribed to the newsletter, there will be another mail-out coming your way this week, and it will have details of the podcast, various online Shakespeare offerings this month, and news of what's coming up in the book club later on. You can, of course, sign up for it on the website. Thank you, as always, for listening, and I'll speak to you next time.